Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of hairless cats. San Francisco refused. Yes, that's right. We get to talk about refused. Today's guest is the wonderful DK, also known as Daniel Kutch from Maven in San Francisco. I present this interview for you just in time for his guest bartending stint tomorrow night, April 7th, at the Townsend on Congress Avenue. Of course, you should go to the Townsend anyway, but Thursday night, April 7th, is even more special occasion as Daniel works and represents some Remy Cointreau Collectif 1806. It's kind of like this project of education, cocktail ingredients. He brings us three cocktails Two stirred, one shaken, and all I can say is that there's a nori foam. So you want to hear about some nori foam, hardcore music, and pizzerias? Well, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Daniel Kutch. His name's Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think the joke's too soon to say. I mean, he's a he's too a hairless cat. No, he's a no. big pile of skin. His name's Jeffrey Dahmer. He's oh, awesome. I see. I see yeah. the connection. Yeah, it's kind of That's morbid, clever. but it's, I think it's past the too soon. Frame, I would so think it'd fun. be like more of a burn victim thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that, that would make more sense. You're talking about politically <laughs> oh, incorrect. Man, now, yeah. frankly, I don't know of any burn victims, but you could, yeah. uh, Rocky Dennis. You could call him Rocky <laughs> Dennis, which would be, be another good name. Well, he has a lot of nicknames, so we might have to add that to the collection that, he, that he's growing. And he's bleak and gray. Just like Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Where the wonderful Jeffrey Dahmer resided. Absolutely. <laughs> I think they came from close to there. I think the Sphinx breed originated near Ontario or something. So oh, really? Fair enough, right? <laughs> Man, there's a weird parallel being drawn here. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a little bit uncomfortable with it. We right? might be onto something. <laughs> so, how many... Is like Austin your home away from home? I mean, I know you're out of California and San Francisco, but... Again, you were talking, you were here a couple years ago. Did mm-hmm. you end up doing a stash when you were here? I was trying. I mean, I, I reached out. I was oh, At the time, I was extremely um, new into my, my role, like especially making cocktails and being in that uh, craft bartending scene. So yeah. I think that I, I really aspired to do it, especially in a town like you were saying. Like, it is a second home. I've come here at least once a year, usually twice or more. No kidding. I had no um, idea you came in so much. Yeah, for about seven years now. And um, it's just like... I definitely draw a lot of parallels to where I'm living now in San Francisco. You have yeah. a really great um, interaction with lots of people that are really well, like willing to talk and open-minded and want to hear about what you're doing objectively to what they're doing. And it's just like the food and the drink and the community that you feel is very, yeah. very similar to what I Except we have a hell of a lot more space. San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not as snooty. I mean, we can be. Don't get me wrong. We can be snooty. It definitely but... has its thing. I mean, um, San Francisco, there's, there's a lot of like air that comes with it that yeah. whole that whole level of competition when you're piling each other on top of one another seven by seven miles it's yeah. uh it gets a little cutthroat and there's definitely some people have hurt feelings and and pockets because of it but i'm one of the lucky people i'm like hopefully we is stay it, that way do you, do you kind of man do you kind of view the industry and this is an interesting thing i hadn't thought about it before that well so so here's here's something that's happening in texas just just for your background right so okay. 
there are a lot of bartenders, there's a lot of people that can make cocktails and things, but for some reason, the the staffing and the kitchen staff, <laughs> it's a huge shortage. Like no one can find the right staff for the kitchen. You guys I experiencing think that, that is that uh, too? Oh yeah, I think that's a, that's a nationwide problem. I think I've seen at least three or four articles this past year from great, great star chefs, like yeah. multiple different accolades and all of them are coming up with the same thing saying, you know, all these great restaurants and all these great cocktail bars, whatever they may be, come in and the the saturation creates a problem for really great work than people that want to be enthusiastic about where they are. It's yeah. um, it's a hard thing. It's a really tough balance until because you have a market of people that can sell themselves to different places yeah, and they yeah. have the options all over the no place. No one wants and to it, commit to anything, do they? I think it's that like a the lot of, I, I love committing to my spot. I'm, yeah. Again, I'm really lucky in a lot of ways. So Maven's, Maven's a great home for me for that. But um, yeah, a lot of people love also to challenge themselves and do mm-hmm. multiple different things. So I think individually it's different. Like person to person, you're probably going to see um, a different approach to what they eventually want as an outcome from their bartending right. or from their being behind the line in the kitchen. How old are you now? I'm 25. I, 25. I hear mm-hmm. that you're you're like this young, kind of ambitious kid. No, and that's not to be derogatory. I'll take but like, it. I like kid. But that's. I mean, that's insane to be. You're staging fucking at the Townsend, which is I know, a and I don't spot. Didn't really know before, how like, big of shoes I was stepping into until <laughs> the people started explaining to me, like, man, that's going to be awesome. My mom even texted me and says, like, you realize how nice this place is? There's going to be a news like, crew there. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah, so I'm excited. There's a news crew coming? No. Oh, shit. Is there? I didn't know No, that. I'm sorry. Instagram videos. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I'll take that. It's just, it's publicly sourced news. Tag me. <laughs> so 25, that's pretty, pretty amazing. And so... Man, I want to go back a little bit then because you're a California native. We are talking a little bit earlier. You said Redwood City? Is that yeah, I was born grew- in Redwood City. Um, but I would say I'm definitely more by way of Sacramento. That's where I grew up. That's where my parents still live. Um, yeah. I first started working in restaurants in, in Sacramento. So How is this? How is the sleepy town of Sacramento? That's where I'm going to... It's actually funny to go back to what we were just talking about. The comparisons that I draw from Austin to san francisco also come in with sacramento where i grew up it's Mm. um very much the layout and the feel of being on a river and having so much like recreation around and actually sometimes the weather patterns can be very similar between austin and sacramento just oh it's really hot there very hot you're trapped in the valley so lots of that hot air gets stuck and in the winter it's lots of cold air gets Mm. stuck as well but when it's hot it's very dry heat here i've been down here and it's a very very different kind of heat it mugs you up and it definitely bogs you down so um well, what kind Those, of stuff were you like? So, so you start doing, you know, hospitality and everything because we all start kind of somewhere, which is mm-hmm. always this interesting. It's always because of a girl, mm-hmm. or it's always because of a band, or it's always because we drop at art school. But my, so, <laughs> my older sister, <laughs> I was um, I was umpiring softball games at like 15 years old, and I really wanted to to break into my sister's really awesome Chicago pizza restaurant she was working at. What which was she was, doing? Just a, she was a server there. She was just, um, I mean, she was going through college, so she was trying to make the biggest bang for her buck at a really awesome restaurant and it was just amazing selling pizza is a really great way to make good money if you're in the restaurant setting for it because overhead's high you got dough sauce vegetables and deli meat and then like if you mess it up like yeah your manager's gonna get mad but they know they're over that much they can make six of those same pizzas before they're in the red yeah Yeah, exactly. exactly so it was fun i was like I kept begging and well, not begging, but I was definitely knocking down their their manager's door, and he didn't like me because I was so small. I was like five foot six until my senior year of high school, 
So at 16, <laughs> I'm walking him. in and I'm like, hey man, like I really, really want to work here. And my sister kept putting in the word for me and he just like shamelessly was telling me no for at least. because you thought you were too runty? Yeah, absolutely. Really? And like for. Is he like a true like Italian guy that's like, he's hey. like a, I mean, no, nah, but he was definitely like your, I would say like, uh, I guess it's like, he's definitely more of like a movie character in a chain, like in yeah. a chain restaurant management position. <laughs> he would fit perfectly in that role. Like kind he's of bigger like dude, from goatee, crappy he? haircut. Oh, okay, like, okay. yeah, he was, he was that guy. I'm like, bless his heart. He knew how to run the business pretty well until later on. That's a whole different conversation for a whole different podcast. But yeah, like <laughs> I stepped in there and I started bussing, bussing tables, man. It was nuts. Cause everything is so heavy and like the deep dish pans and like everything like that. I'm just like clearing tables of 15 or 20. And it so was, uh, were you doing? So I'm trying to get like a sense. Cause we, you've got amazing tattoos yeah, and softball players. And I hate to be stereotypical, but I don't know a lot of softball players that have a shit ton of tattoos. Well, I wasn't playing softball. No, I was uh, umpiring softball games uh, for money. I was like my first job at you 15 were years old. I was okay, umping okay. softball games for the girls' softball league in my town. Twenty-five bucks a game. That's for amazing. Under the table, and they fed me a hot dog and a bag of chips between my four games. And you're hanging out with female softball players, and yeah, lots of like great, great talk or uh, softball moms. It was yeah. good. It was a good time for it to be 15 years old. It was That's great. amazing. Were you ever into like what kinds of things? Really, t- did you take interest to in high school? Arts, um, math, science. Yeah, definitely. I was. Um, I was actually really into student government and super active with like school stuff initially i played freshman football even though i was runty and barely played i mean yeah. I'm, i made a couple of tackles and a couple of catches but that was about it and then <laughs> beyond that like i definitely took a huge liking into music music definitely carried me through a lot of um playing high school. or just listening or a little bit dabbling with playing but a lot of my friends were active in like hardcore music and death metal music yeah. and like just playing a bunch of like shows at churches and they get shut off for swearing it was just like the only way to outlet being a kid and just like having fun so it's amazing that's what, where like the tattoo influence and everything comes in there for what, sure what kind of so because that was that was a huge part of me my upbringing too mm-hmm. listening to hardcore going to those shows oh yeah pushed around get beat up you know yeah I'm dealing with straight edge kids in Salt Lake City in the 90s it was always very very fun wow. integrity oh, shows man, I can't Christ even imagine yeah it was insane but so, integrity shows that, see? i got integrity tattooed on my finger and people you really yeah i have integrity on my ring finger oh, as like a, it's, on it's, it has a dual purpose but yeah it's not the band first and foremost it's definitely the foundation and dedication and metaphor on my ring finger saying integrity that's but amazing definitely in the back of my mind it's like if i punch someone with this integrity <laughs> tattoo as it's make sure that this finger is pointing out <laughs> just a little, a little bit, bit more no i don't want to punch anyone <laughs> because if, if i recall in, integrity brief tangent but they were a straight edge hardcore band, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're now a very world renowned bartender. Yeah, but I was never a straight edge kid. I like okay, as okay. much as like I I can like tip my cap to those kids and whatever you need to do to get through like a youth point. It's like youth sucks, man. For yeah. certain people, it's just harder than others, and you need different ways to to carry yourself through. And if like that keeps you on the straight path, awesome. Like I was lucky enough to have like focus while not putting that label on myself and mm-hmm. still having like kid fun with my friends. But like, yeah, I didn't I didn't need that to stay the course right it, did, it didn't like, define you. yeah no, a lot absolutely. of people it really does define them yeah that's I, a that's definitely something in the hardcore scene but i think that uh by and large like the the motivation behind it itself is genuine and like yeah. you just want to you just want to live a straight lifestyle but at the end of the day if anyone beyond even straight edge it's like if someone's forcing that down your throat no one likes anything nothing and yeah views being just like, shoved into your face dogma, like, that's dogma, just dogma. Why, yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's horrible so straight edge i had a lot of awesome straight edge fe- or friends and then um, I had a bunch of straight kids that I probably wasn't hanging out with because they were yeah. just like that preachy kid and I was just not into it. So. It's, so it's crazy. So did you ever think about 
so you say you weren't really playing, but you were kind of more involved with the live scene. Yeah, I was definitely like involved with like helping friends promote. Definitely like hanging out, uh, practice. I jammed at home with myself, and I would write yeah. write a little bit of music here and there. But um, yeah, I was just being like active and and a part of it. That was my group of friends. That's so crazy. Anybody that was really notorious during those periods you love to see um shoot uh i've always been a huge converge fan that's oh, yeah, that's yeah. all the way through so i any time especially back then it seemed rare that they would come through especially that i would have the option to go and do it they would play in la or right. maybe even san francisco and i would have school or something so that was hard but um, luckily they got back together because they were broke up they're touring all the time now man now yeah. yeah i'm mad at them though right now they're playing their whole jane doe album in europe instead of but not in here United, nowhere and they gave it like a month and a half advance like i've hypothetically oh. if you give me five months i might fly yeah, somewhere yeah. to europe just to see it and like make a trip out of it but yeah i had a bone to pick but that's, <laughs> that's just me being a loyal fan and not able to go I were think. you a refused guy too huge refused fan i Did saw get, them when they went on their their the, revamp the, the tour right oh man so it's good. insane i was actually gonna go to coachella once my girlfriend hates me saying this because she goes a lot, but I, uh, I, I went to, we've all done it. I like, have yeah. never gone. I probably will eventually, but, but you know how real quick, you know, how we're talking about sun headaches. Yeah. So oh, it all ties back. That's where I got the fucking sun headache was at Coachella. The worst. I can imagine, dude. Oh gosh. It doesn't seem like there's much, um, shade being there's spared. There's no shade. Yeah, exactly. And you just have to buy like ice pops and Gatorade. That's all I have. And like bottled Not water. Not good. Not going to work. And people are making a living off of the water bottle selling. She's told yeah, me crazy stories. Sadies. Yeah. The guy, they're, they're banking it. Anyway, so you did get to catch him though as refused. Kind of yeah. Refused. And I was going to book down to Coachella and then they ended up saying like, Hey, we're going to play some shows. Cause that was the first year Coachella went two weekends. So oh, in between. Yeah, yeah lots of people were going up and down the coast like seattle portland san francisco back to la mm. so that they could just make max out in between the two weeks like why wouldn't you yeah, so right. refuse end up playing a show which was so much better than a coachella lineup i could have wished for they played with um they opened or excuse me the hives uh co-headline for them no which was shit, awesome I saw, I saw, and oh, the man, bronx like, played the, the bronx opened played for them too? and the Bro i mean all those bands can steal the show from one another but oh, yeah. there was like a huge momentous thing like the refused like uh what was it, it was like a, not a banner but it was like a big curtain that had like the refused thing down in it. And, they, and it yes. was up there forever we're just standing there like oh man oh my god it's been 40 minutes they're just torturing us and then sure enough it dropped and it was just mental i have a video of me front flipping off of like a 12-foot <laughs> cab on stage for that <laughs> i like i actually looked at my friends and i was like if they play rather be dead rather or when they yeah, play rather they be do, dead of, they of do. Oh, yeah of course and i was like i'm literally going to climb I'll cross all these people's heads and jump off of that stage. And they're like, yeah, whatever. They didn't believe it. And as soon as that note rings, I was like, dun, 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 dun. And then just yeah. like, they just immediately saw me just like levitate up over the top of people walking across <laughs> shoulders and climb onto this thing. And I like, I was like, had a friend tag me in a YouTube video. Like, I think this is you front flipping off of the, <laughs> off of the cab on stage. And it definitely set off like a chain of a lot of other people waiting for that right moment to just like, Oh, it's amazing. Maybe get kicked out, but really just to risk it all. That was the only it. clip I took of the show. Yeah. Playing rather be dead. That and is, it was just, I it was, cause I got goosebumps sitting here right now. Absolutely, you can't, yeah, absolutely. it's crazy. And I went and took my, I visited my friend in New York and to, they're, they're playing in Williamsburg. I'm like, awesome. Great. Mm -hmm. The worst storm they'd seen in years. The show got rained out. I flew out to New York just for the My show. heart is breaking right God now for it. you, even though I wasn't even there. But contingency plan. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, you know what? We should, we should go to Montreal too. So the trip was New York and Montreal, and we caught him in Montreal at this small theater. And there you go. The same kind of hair-raising moment. It makes up for it all in the I end totally where you did. get a more intimate experience. Life-changing. Totally life-changing. Yeah, especially because it's just like 
I mean, I actually never asked. How old are you? So I'm like, 36 now. Okay, so like you, I mean, if you're a baby who has someone knowing to take you on their one U.S. tour where they yeah. quit in the middle of it, you yeah, might have dude, seen them. Maybe you would have never seen them. No I knew one, we never I thought knew it was about him. And not, like, well, and this doesn't make me cool, but but we were listening to the kids wearing Vans. We're listening to Refuse the '97. Right. Like of we course. were, but I, they never came to Houston. No, no, no. And the thing is, like, I mean, even if they would have on that tour, they never made it because of their famous like falling out right, in right, D.C. Right. or wherever it was, and like Richmond. Well, I don't even remember, yeah. but like. But yeah, it's just like a thing that you never think is going to happen when it finally is like there. It's not even abstract. It's in your hands and you're just yeah. like, this is unbelievable. So it was so special, man. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things I'll look back on as top three shows I've ever gone to in that realm. Like I've seen some yeah. amazing other shows and stuff that's really spectacular and awe-inspiring. But for emotions and for like history and stuff that makes you who you are, like that's a... It was That's a, a hard one to top. Full circle. Oh, Same yeah. thing. I got to see Quicksand recently too. Oh yeah. At a small show also, Great. and I was like, Great. Life just it, like it, it brought me back because I remember how many times I missed them when I was sixteen. Mm -hmm. You know, in Salt Lake City, and like I can't go to shows. I'm not allowed like, to go out on Thursday nights. And as a fellow hardcore kid or punk kid, whatever you yeah. want to call it, the constant line is, "Well, they'll be back again soon." And then now that's totally true. And sometimes they don't, though. And that that absence is like you never know whether it's yeah. going to happen. So like, I mean, Black Flag got, even though it wasn't Henry Rollins, which is fine, right? But yeah. Black Flag got back together. That's a debate. Well, I was never, Verge. I was never a big Black fan, a Black Flag fan. I guess yeah. you can pull my punk card, but I wasn't. <laughs> I just was never much of a big fan. I definitely, uh, ironically enough, became a big Dead Kennedys fan long yeah. after I well, already had DK as a nickname. Yeah. It was a very funny thing, but no, I never made the. That's totally the same thing. Yeah, and well. Uh, and you're in San Fran. Jello is still in San Fran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. I think. Man, and um, I think I think once Fugazi gets back together, it's all done. Yeah. Then I can I'll I'll hang my shirt up and go home. What? I don't know that they. I probably am hallucinating. I thought they did announce something like maybe Fugazi or something's like playing again soon, or it might have been it's, someone else. Just at as the important drive, I to mean, me. at the drive-in was another one, right? But, but he's. He, uh, did you hear what happened? Jim Ward left again, mm, yeah. right the day before their first show. Uh, My why? friends are in Europe and they're pretty gutted about it. Do you like, have any idea why he left? I haven't heard anything. I I I read a bunch of speculation. I think that like. I think a lot of it has to do with there's time lost, right? And then yeah. you're going with this full idea of like, let's bring it back and let's write an album. And that's hard to do, especially well, you, when you've like had four time spar off. records that you yeah. finished. Like you have to, you have to understand like that. It's hard to go back after you've evolved from that musically. It's yeah. hard, hard to go back when you've evolved from it personally. It's just like to be objective and understand. It, it's like, I don't know. I'm not that artist. So it it's like an ex-girlfriend, right? Exactly. Time and place. Like it totally captured. I can agree with point. that. And I, you know, that nostalgia only lasts so long. So that's why those one-off shows really worked. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they played here and, and I've, I will never forgive myself for missing the show here. Fair. Was out of the country. I, would, but, I don't think any of us would. <laughs> yeah, still, I mean, still pulling my hair out about it. But this is good. So this, the music, you're involved with this, this kind of explains. I think that's one of the reasons I knew that we would get along too. I just had this feeling. There you go. Sometimes. And we're drinking bourbon, which is yeah. always... A very the great unifier. It breaks the bonds down. It yeah. totally does. So the, when, <laughs> no, it, it builds the bonds. It breaks down the the, down the barriers. The yeah, oh, yeah. Like, this is down some scorpions wall. shit. Yeah, right so now. good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're in high school. It sounds like you're doing pretty well. Yeah, and, man. I was making way too much money for a 16 year old kid to to know how to deal with, and then that transitioned into serving at that same restaurant. I had a massive falling out with the restaurant because of. Just other employees and very big, like, factioned out things. It's it's kind of common in yeah. a lot of places, oh, yeah. but the management didn't handle it properly. They terminated me, which is a very funny thing. Then I really? actually went back and got, like, 
my unemployment and on top of it i got wrongful termination back mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like it was it was a rough time man it sucked because they pulled the rug out from underneath me and i gave i always tend to give myself a lot to wherever it is that i'm i'm clocking in like yeah. on a week i don't know were you like still in high school five. when you when you they like yeah okay. um or did you shoot oh gosh it's been so long now i can't even remember i should know these things immediately but yeah i was either right no, that was right out of high school because I graduated early. Um, oh, okay. And I was right out of high school, got let go. Um, I ended up going and working at a an Italian restaurant for a handful of weeks. And then um, only enough, my, my girlfriend at the time, actually, she she just pulls the rug out from underneath the relationship. We're gone. That's over. Uh, she said she's pregnant. No, no, thank goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wipes the sweat <laughs> off his forehead. Um, no, but it's just like life happened. You're a young kid. You think you're in love and it's awesome. And oh, then all yeah. of a sudden she bails yeah. and you're like, shit, this is not cool. And like the plan was to go to San Francisco and I was like, screw it. I'm doing it alone. Right. Going so anyway. I go out there and I turn in one application. I'm like out there with the aim of like, turning in this whole stack of applications that yeah, I have to work really hard for, in right? like in my fit of emotional rage here I am going to go to do this by myself so yeah. I turn in one application out of maybe 20 that I have printed out and um, that would be at another Chicago pizza restaurant that was starting really? in San Francisco it's so weird That's man so, so serendipitous along the way it's like a lot of the it's things like graduating like, from Harvard Business School. I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't know. And then like Chicago Pizza School, man. Yeah, it's and like crazy. So, and I they hired me immediately. They said we're opening this new location. We're we're basically going to make this like our flagship location as we grow more throughout the Bay Area. Uh-huh. And I was like, cool. They're like, we need a really solid person, and we really like the idea of bringing you on because you require zero training. Yeah. And I said, oh, yeah. yeah, that's right, I do. So, and so this was what, what what year are we talking? When you this, this is. Oh, like maybe 2009, 2009 10. Okay. yeah like uh, right before and around I turned like 20 years old and um, that that ended up like spurring this thing where they called me back a couple weeks later and like like I was saying they call me in they say we want to interview you and I was actually going to Berkeley for a hardcore show at the Gilman really? the day before and they go we want you to come in tomorrow is that possible can you do that and I was like Oh, I'm driving my car to Berkeley right now and then home and then back here. Okay, like I'll be there for sure. So I like walk in, they give me the job on the spot. I work there for a while. Those things like fall apart as well, like not as dramatically as the other space. But then um, that's when I jumped on the road with my friends. I was was in Santa Cruz a lot. I was uh, unemployed, kind of just like exploring the options of where I could go and yeah. and maybe maybe the idea of leaving so San were you Francisco. In San Francisco. Yeah, I was in San Francisco now. That was probably two years into San Francisco okay, now. Okay. That job ends. And um, so yeah, you're at that point where it's like, yeah, this could definitely be home for a while or I could just like do whatever use, the hell I use want. Yeah. whatever and go somewhere. And it's funny because um, while being in Santa Cruz a bunch and I would go back to San Francisco for maybe like one week out of the whole month. I was hanging out with my friends and yeah. just having a great time down just like an hour south. And out of nowhere, as I'm actually making the move, my foot is halfway out the door. I'm moving to Austin, Texas. Here, what I, the hell? Co- Why? here I come, right? Like my friend had got me down. I'd already started my like yearly trips. I'd already been paying visits, fall in love with Austin. I'm like, the parallels I'm drawing, like we talked about yeah, in yeah. San Francisco and Sacramento and this place that I'm kind of like really starting to endear. I go, you know, I'm, I'm, I have nothing holding me here. I have two months notice. I have to give up my month to month place for my lease. Like yeah. I can just split out of here. So I was literally, I think a week away from giving my notice at, um, at, uh, my place just yeah. to leave and then move to Austin, just like hightail and the, it out, and your friends out to were, Texas. were here. Or they were saying they want to move here. 
No, my friends are already here. Yeah, I have a, oh, a really healthy group of friends like all from that music community that have been down here. Like really? Yeah. Because I bet, I mean, I bet we have some of the same friends in that respect. They might be a little younger, but at the yeah. same time, there's like, there's always like two degrees of separation oh, in the not, hardcore yeah. community. It's always much smaller than six or seven. So that's insane. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about that. Afterwards. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, that's, that can get into drama too. Um, but oh, yes. yeah. Yes. So like I have my foot halfway at the door and I'm like, gonna move to Texas and in or well, I was helping a friend crash Andrew Calisterio, another bartender who's really phenomenal from Sacramento as well. So we, we met when he was like, networking himself for this competition uh-huh. followed him since then had drinks and became friends and um he was staging at maven and okay. i go in with andrew's younger brother i'm still unemployed i was home from santa cruz ironically yeah, yeah. yeah i was 21 okay. this is, at this point i'm 21 okay um this is like well past like the two years that would have taken me to to hit my legal age <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and um so i i end up going into maven to see him and he told me and his younger brother specifically like don't don't come in and like pay me the visit because I'm being trained right now and I don't want oh, okay, a bunch okay, of distractions. Okay. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. I'm it's not like I'm not like set into place yet. I kind of want to get my bearings before I have a bunch of people visiting me. Right, and that's right. totally understandable. Like respect, dude. You don't want to have people bombarding you and making your place think that you're going to be the one who brings in your friends and stuff all the time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we kind of went against it and it was totally fine because it, it wasn't anything stressful. It was like definitely him just trying to like get his bearings, do more right? diligence uh, than than like overstep boundaries, gotcha, you know? Okay. And um, sure enough, we go in and it was calm enough for us to hang out, end up having a drink. And I start talking with Kate Bolton, the bar manager at Maven at the time, uh-huh. who is just like phenomenal. She's my him and or excuse me, her and Andrew collectively are like my first two mentors I ever had behind the bar. Really? But then and, but, I got but up to this point, like, had you thought about cocktails as no. a smart kind of intricate thing? No, I mean, I I was looking at audio engineering. I was looking at um Lots of different options, but all of them, almost all of them led me out of the restaurant industry eventually. It was not going to be something that was going to stay in. So it was almost unlikely that you would end in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd been in it for so long and it was something that had given so much to me, but I was kind of going to eventually segment that out into something different or greater, which I think a lot of people eventually do, or something like this happens where there's a catalyst where you just re fall in love with this industry, which is so easy to become passionate just, about. You just put a new hat on, right? It's like a new <laughs> facet of it. I mean, seriously, it's not quite that easy, but yeah, I yeah, guess well, no, 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 yeah, you definitely change the, the outfit and you, and you learn what you need to know. You know new scene. Oh yeah. Same movie, Absolutely. new scene. You know? Definitely. Yes. It's definitely a different outfit and you definitely, um, you definitely evolve from it for sure. So there I was. And I was like, I had zero intentions of working at Maven. I was just really there to kind of bother Andrew while they were, while we were in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And um, I go home, Andrew was crashing with, with me because he was literally doing like most of the week in Sacramento. And then you come to San Francisco, work that job yeah. and then go back to Sacramento. He was like living and crashing at my place for the two days a week while okay, he was at Maven, sure. which was awesome. He's like, great kid. Love having him around. And he's like, very, very like just contagiously fun so here i go into maven and i get a text message the next day that was from andrew it was a screenshot saying hey do you think your friend would be interested in a bar backing position i'm losing one of our opening staff members that has basically been like our go-to guy for that and we need to fill the slot he's got experience in restaurants he seems very trainable let's what do you think about bringing him on? And he just didn't even lazily just screenshots it and sends it to me. <laughs> and then he screenshots an email as well from our, our founder and owner, Jay. And it was, um, it was basically something saying to all front and back of house, like, hey, if you have any potential people who could come in and work, we need these two positions filled. Yeah. 
but particularly for the bar back, like we got, like we just need someone who can really work it out. It's really demanding. And uh, the only other requirement is that they have a better haircut than Andrew Calisteria, the new hire. And <laughs> I is, laugh because talking? he's one com- of my closest friends and he's also <laughs> the same barber. Our friend Anthony cuts our hair. So oh, I just yeah. email him back. I emailed Jay and I was like, hey, I, I would love to set up an interview with you. <laughs> but um, I'm a friend of Andrew's. I have a background in a restaurant and I get my hair cut by the same guy and it looks a lot better. So I kind of <laughs> hit it off and like... Luckily for me, things fell into place at one of the more premier cocktail bars in San Francisco. So, like I said, like so, tell me, like I've I've been to San Francisco multiple times. Mm-hmm. I went to a couple of bars there, but what is what is Maven like in an elevator pitch kind of way? Like, what is it really <laughs> in the in the quick pitch? I usually get it's uh it's a neighborhood bar uh, and restaurant which mm-hmm. has very very hyper seasonal ingredients. Like our chef literally goes to the farmers market and starts cultivating his concepts from what he's seeing from his very very like close network of farmers Mm -hmm. and then with that inspiration in mind either on his end or maybe it starts on our end with cocktails we try to create a pairing with these like synonymous flavors and then make it exciting for both the food and the drink to have either a balancing or very like shared aspect of their flavor profile well, so, so often are you, were you switching the menu out for the cocktails at that point um it, i mean it's still pretty constant we we probably get a new one on maybe every month but especially oh, wow. as you see the seasons changing which means that the produce is changing you're going to see a lot of our stuff just up and go at least on the cocktail end yeah but there's a few things that have been on since we opened they're not going to come off because they're just tried and true and they pair with things that don't come off the menu like our burger for example yeah or whatever right. so yeah, it's like you're not really you don't have to change it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So right. So what was that um, transition like then from being because? So presumably you get the job. He mm-hmm. likes your jokes. He likes your haircut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, because it's yeah. just marginally better than Andrew's. Yeah. Probably, right. Yeah. But so you get in there. You're doing barbacking stuff. What's that conversation like? Where you really do start taking it serious, or even don't take it serious behind the bar? It was contagious. I think that anyone else who gets inspired and like just roped into this industry and starts loving it, it, they'll agree that it's just so contagious. You have someone who can explain it to you or bring you this education on a level that excites you. And if, if it's something that you care about and like who shouldn't care about having good drinks and food, like yeah. it's stuff that sustains us. So this, like food, knowing like more it, about it and like understanding it better was exciting to me. I really liked that. So, dude, so is, the, is it the whole ecosystem of food and flavors that was exciting? Was it booze specifically? Everything. I mean, yeah, the the ecosystem and food and like and actually like having a great relationship with where that comes from is something I really deeply care about. But it speaks to things that I like morally care about so much. Like I really love engaging with people and having genuine interactions and also making them happy. Um, And then it also has a little bit to share with the music world where you certainly are on a bit of a stage and like selling yourself in a way to certain people on a nightly basis. You really are. Yeah, you are. And it's like and not to say that you should a lot of people might argue that some people breathe too much into that and it takes over them but i think that you you represent the space that you're in but you very much are your individual brand and people get to either like that or dislike it and it's just as much as any other interaction that they could decide on really quickly so i just want to bring people in it's like sometimes i mean it's been said time and time again but like finding the right drink is probably one of the most exciting parts of it all so finding the right one that for that that person person. that moment that time of day because it's like someone comes in with a like a like a grumpy look on their face or whatever and they sit down at the bar and they're not really easy to engage or whatever Mm -hmm. you can't be that that bubbly hey like i'm scripted and i got this you thing like, like match it to yeah you gotta you gotta yeah. bring them in and you gotta bring them to a comfort level because at the end of the day like there is no not having fun like we're here to have fun the yeah. booze is there to like bring us together and have a great time 
So if you come in and you're not at the right mindset, it's like it's the, the goal is to get you there. But if you come in, you're in the right mindset and you're celebrating, you're already there. Like we need to keep you bubbly, like get something with bubbles in there. So it's like you I really love like the constant, like almost algorithm of finding what suits this person right now. You're a like, drink, like a matchmaker. Yeah, I think we all should be right. Like we should never like just like sometimes you just want your Negroni and that's awesome because it's just a great cocktail. Yeah. And, you know, it's again, tried and true. But sometimes Maybe you had something that shook you up and you want to try something new. You're not a rum guy, but you want to try rum tonight. Like, I, I love when people come in with that that bone to pick or that tick. They're just like, oh, something new this time. It's well, kind of like a nice equation for you to work out. Yeah, and, it tra- and again, that's another challenge that really, like, makes sure whether you can execute that. And if you don't do it right, you learn from it and then come back better next time. Did you find that kind of transition? How so Rather, how was the training for you behind being going from being like a bar back or so lucky um maven doesn't have we don't have a two o'clock liquor license we have a neighborhood um 12 30 liquor license or excuse me midnight liquor license where we pull we have to pull drinks and we do last call at 11 30 you have till midnight which is a sufficient amount of time to to finish your drinks but it lets me get out early and and go hang out with people afterwards but the training beyond the easier schedule than lots of other bartenders uh, have was actually great man like it wasn't very like militant like sometimes I'll hear lots of um, contrast from like chefs who are very like almost like French training or very like like, kind of stressful to work around Kate is one of the most like calm tempered people and definitely can like bring you to a level where you just understand things on a very very like huge level she just doesn't really like leave it half-assed there she just wants you to get it and andrew's like as much if not more that where he is like you ask him about a particular liqueur or a story behind something and you better have like how much time do you have because this guy's gonna talk your <laughs> ear off until you like, for a couple enough hours, knowledge yeah. thank you sir <laughs> like it's um so that sort of mentorship was something that is so valuable i think it, it's definitely helped me like grow and like take take notes from two people that taught me so much and take certain things from both of them and as well add myself into the mix and and make myself who i am behind the bar right now yeah. so it's you, cool so how long or are you are you still at Maven? Yes, you are, I am okay. at Maven. This How many is years? A, I just passed three years with Maven. That was in uh, the beginning or middle of January. And Maven is at just over four. So I'm oh, like cool. that. So you're pretty close to starting it off. Yeah, I was like that first wave of second hires. Like you have your opening staff. Everyone stays for about a year. And every once in a while you'll have some fall off. So I was that first wave for the bar teams. It's like second hires. Like Andrew was that. I was that. So I would say that like... We were lucky, but also Maven like lucked out with like Andrew. Man, that's like really, he's awesome, really dude. He's gone down to Phoenix and won Best Bartender down there. So he's like he's he's made a name for himself everywhere he's gone. So like yeah, to learn with that was was super valuable. Kate was she had a can of tomatoes from Eater SF saying Best Bartender in SF previous oh, nice. year. So like I had a bunch of accolades around me to learn from, and I took it. Is it with, humbling? <laughs> it was extremely humbling, man. And if I wasn't like they, there was a couple times where I had to be humbled. Like I think every everyone in this industry thinks that they're getting to a point where they're comfortable with and that yeah. they they got it now and it's like i still don't got it like i still am so learning so, so much you know like what, and they taught like, me that there's this never-ending it, like well, learning process never, it's the same thing right if, if the whole purpose of life is to learn which is right. one of the main objectives right well of course you, you don't stop you can't yeah stop. and the booze is changing like i mean sometimes the product's changing and you really have to adjust like your 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 citrus or your produce everything isn't always the same and that's yeah. something that like over time, like I really needed to understand certain things like that. And I needed to understand like how um, 
certain interactions and then certain things were right and wrong even with like service and how you're doing it and like pouring the bottles and like everything was like it's a laundry list of things and as you like as you start prioritizing things you really realize that like eventually you can perfect them all but you got to have like a very good order of operations before you can become a great bartender have you you got into no and this is in this case not not a a a derogatory remark but like have you got into the daniel time like being the mix all no matter how shitty of a word that is but being like people that that they consider notably one of the best in san francisco no i don't i don't i don't think so man i think that san francisco is one of the most blessed city in the in the country if not the world for the cocktail scene like the the competition is so fierce and i think that's what makes me better like daniel right now i think that the inspiration from like bar teams all around town like i mean abv yeah bear versus bull just opened this year and like the stack lineups with them trick dog i mean all i could go on forever and they're all great friends and you get to go and you get to watch them do their thing and their show and their atmosphere and you get to take something from that and that like inspires me so much to like get on that level because Mm -hmm. it's like the level is high and i realized in three in three years like it's it's I've definitely come a decent way and like this is a huge move for me. This is my first guest shift somewhere outside yeah. of Maven. So it's nerve wracking, but I definitely like I aim to want to be there, man. It's like, of course, I'm in this industry. I love it. I'm invested in it and I aspire to go there for sure. But I definitely don't think I'm there yet. No. Is it something? What Do you, do you ever think about where it's ultimately going to lead you? Yeah. You think that you want to yeah, start there's a brand? Options, you wanna... I mean, yeah. I mean, that I'm open to lots of lots of ideas. And again, with that, like I've. I've done a decent amount of traveling in my three years now being very inspired with spirits and, and cocktails. But I think that as I travel more, those things will become more clear to me. Like, who knows? Maybe I go to I go to France and I yeah. get, just get inspired by people making cognac or armagnac and I come back like, I got to make some brandy or like yeah. something like that might happen. Never know, but at right? the end of the day right now, I definitely, I'm I'm in the fortunate position to be able to save money in San Francisco, which is lucky for what? me what yeah I, I know. <laughs> Shh, don't tell those people there's lots of things that need to be edited out of this podcast but yeah like i i'm lucky to have that going for me right now so eventually if nothing else comes to fruition i want to open my own bar or restaurant and invest in that risk and in that excitement um but i mean if someone were to come along and say hey we really like the cut of your jib and like you your knowledge is like very very enthusiastic someone that comes and from we, the 50s and we want you to, yeah, that says cut of your jib <laughs> and like we we want you like you embody our product really well we might want you to sell that that's something i'm open to if it's something that as a product i would be like happy with selling and i yeah. can i can get behind morally i think that that's always something i'm open to but again like i try not to think too much like like as far as hypothetically and i definitely think like when those things like knock on my door or on the bar in front of me like i'll I'll, happen at that point i'll I'll take it as it comes you can't ever know but right now like my main thing is just like keeping my face in the books and like really knowing as much as possible about the constantly growing world of spirits and people making drinks with them so i think yeah like is there a spirit right now that you know, these are like one of these Phil Donahue questions, kind of, if you guys remember who that guy is. But, <laughs> so, is there something that's kind of particularly intriguing to you right now, spirit-wise? I mean, um, I, I always go back to agave because it's just, there's so much diversity, but... Yeah, there's definitely a ton of diversity in agave, but I I do like, um, I especially being young, this goes back to how, like, new I am to the thing. I really love finding the enthusiasm in something that I don't know a lot about. Yeah. Like, um, and something I'm really unfamiliar with, or especially, like, I don't, 
maybe enjoy at that first glance like rum as a, like of course like everyone goes oh i had a bad experience with gin or like i drank way too much rum yes. once in the hangover or something <laughs> i'll never drink again this is like the bane of every bartender's conversation with right. a guest but it i think that that kind of translates into for me now like things that i just don't get like yeah. and i think aquavit is something lately that i've been super like motivated to learn more about because there's there's crazy stuff going on that like we don't get a lot of yeah, import oh, yeah, from right, it right. but like i had uh, actually a co-worker from maven who now moved to austin i want to come out tomorrow his name's his uh his name's alex gundlock but his uh stage name he's a great dj his name's uh, al lover really <laughs> it's like with you mush together it's all over he's a really awesome dude great Amazing. like great person to work around and just sounds like, like he would know about Akavit. yeah and he does he went he, he toured he toured in um europe with his with his music like and he brought back a metal? really no he was dj he dj's like <laughs> oh, psychedelic right, he dj's yeah. like psychedelic house music which is actually really not my typical thing. I don't yeah. like the DJ th- scene or I'm not like too much into synthesized music, but uh, I really dig his kind of like his infusion of lots of very like classic rock and roll style yeah. things, but it's a different conversation. But yeah, he he was um, traveling through Scandinavia and basically brought back Apple Akavit. And I was oh, like, this is really crazy. Like, like Apple brandy based Yeah, one? Okay. and I like, and I the whole entire label, everything's in, I think it was uh, Norwegian. Mm. And I'm like, you know, this is something that's so exciting because I didn't even know that you could make it from that. I had no idea. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and it has such like a it. different flavor. It's has a rich color to it, like yeah. other aged ones. And like, and this like kind of made me have this realization, like, you're an idiot. You don't know anything about Aquavit. Go <laughs> learn something. Go like stick your head in the book. So that one has been something I've been excited about over the past year. My my heart definitely lives with um we're a whiskey town in San Francisco, just like the rest of the world, it seems like lately. Mm-hmm. But um very big into pisco um but again i think that my my enthusiasms come in trends it's like either no, something i don't good. know about or again going back to seasonalities i think that obviously like agave with warm weather yeah and like heat translates really well it's like bowie having his phases right mm-hmm. so you have like the more kind of modern 80s phase we're gonna tighten you just up and hate me like... to bowie <laughs> oh. i'm just i'm just saying the you know late, like great tastes... i'm blushing <laughs> <laughs> you know there's this ziggy stardust thing where it's like man i'm just drinking a bunch of... i don't even know what that would be that I feel like that might even be a guy. Something that's really rough and tumble. It's not, mm-hmm. not too refined, but yet wild and very talented. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He wants so I don't know, but I, I like that because we do go through those phases. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's seasonal. You think about bourbon with mm-hmm. warmer or rather yeah. colder weather. Oh man, pushing. I'm gonna interject. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. Man. No, no, oh, dude. The thing that I've been doing a lot lately is like vermouth. I love vermouth. Fortified oh, yeah. wine and fortified aromatized wines are just exciting because you get such a a spectrum to deal with and especially as we're getting more and more of them now and people are making them in the united states there's just so much terroir involved that you can like you just literally could have even now if you add that into your negroni what have you like the cocktail has these these evolutions or maybe even different variations within themselves that you really can kind of fine-tune your favorites it's cool it's more it's marginal but yet those little small tweaks that's what perfect a cocktail yeah you know you think you've had a manhattan but if you do it in a certain way Using wild turkey, rare reverse breed. Manhattans, man. What did, like which, I was what Southern, Southern Teague, I think, was the was the guy who posted the recipe a couple weeks ago. So is that just Amoria Margo? Yeah, he's he does yeah two to one like rye whiskey one, okay. one two of oh, Carpano Antica or your sweet vermouth, and it's like you can have a few more of them. Yeah. Why not? That's yeah, like yeah. a perfectly fine idea. Interesting. Uh, if I can't think of something lately at the bar and I'm like sitting down for a dinner, maybe it's always just a vermouth cocktail, like straight sweet vermouth, dash or two of absinthe mm-hmm. over ice orange peel done it's perfect so easy well so you talk about bourbon and of course mm-hmm. there's always the daunting task of picking a bottle from the 
just huge rack downstairs. And oh, so yeah. I don't envy you guys that have to come in and kind of do it. <laughs> but you picked an exceptional bottle, something that you said you hadn't tried before. This is yeah. the Michter's 20-year single barrel at 57.1 ABV. To me, it is everything you want, and it's heavy, but it's really alcoholic, but you cannot tell. Yeah, it, it it's definitely has beautiful, beautiful, like, it's it's a calm, big, high ABV whiskey. Yeah. And, like, you can definitely taste those, like, the difference. And this is, like, the age does does a lot to the typically beautiful Michter's, yeah. Michter's blends that they put together. But it's like single barrel Chris is Farley. just, like... Off stage. What? Like I, yeah. I really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the the heat was not there that I expected. The flavor was leaps and bounds beyond what I would have expected. But yeah, I mean I've only think I've ever had this year's release of the ten. So yeah, to go further too. back and like see more of the Michter's portfolio that maybe I haven't had the the luck to see yet. This yeah. is awesome, man. I I saw your pappies and I saw a bunch of other things and I know yeah. the clout that goes with them, but at the end of the day I know This is better than that. I know yeah, and I know This is better than that twenty year. And you're gonna save sure. and you're gonna save some money on the price too at the end of the day. So you hope. <laughs> but, uh, the whiskey gray market is a place where people go to try to make money and that's what's disheartening about it. Yeah. It's like I just want to Nothing against it, guys. Great juice, but I mean, there's a like, and I understand because I live in Northern California where Pliny the Elder has done the same sort of craze where it's just like this, this pilgrimage almost like you're you're going to Mecca to get your to get your juice, and it's like I totally understand. There might be a little placebo effect to it. I would argue a lot. There's a whole because like there's there's people out there that I've been doing for a really really long time, and their their results are consistently good, and that also can translate into the conversation of there are so many great new craft distilleries. Genius Gin, oh, like you know what I mean? Like even all, all, right. the United, all through the United <laughs> States, you've got people opening up really great things, and not to say their products aren't good, but now all of a sudden this trend is to write off like the beef eaters and like the big producers who yeah, have been doing yeah. it for so long because their production is so high and their volume is too big. They feel like it tears away from this craft movement. And I'm like, no, way, no that's a consistency movement. And that's what paved the way for all these guys to do what's Absolutely. new and exciting for them. So the only reason bourbon's good is because they can make a lot of it in the same way. Yeah. And I don't think that Mictors falls into that beef eater well, category here, of course, but I think yeah, that that's an argument that, that could but, be made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's people, it's just like, I don't know size of size of production or allocation should not justify your choice in a whiskey. I yeah, think a good I, whiskey is just a really delicious whiskey, and this is just it's insane. exceptional. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so really good. insane. I saw your eyes light up when I grabbed it, so I like I knew that like I'm passing over bottles, and it was like they got <laughs> yeah. wider. It's like that one, that's the one I'm grabbing. Did I drink out of this one like once a year, maybe? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. I had it for my birthday last year. That's like how special a bottle Sweet, is, man. Because I don't know when I'm going to see that one again. They had some of the ten year single barrel rise that came out back mm-hmm. to, to market. Right, I'm really excited to try that one too. Mm-hmm. There's a twenty year rye, but anyway, I haven't been able to find that one. So it's a really good, good pick. And so, but the reason that we're all here is not well, one because you love Austin, which is great. And you see mm-hmm. Your parents are in town too, which is awesome. Yeah. But you're doing a stage or a guest bartending stint at Townsend tomorrow night, April seventh, Thursday night, from four to midnight. Is that right? Four to midnight, long shift. Yeah, yeah I'm ex- so one. excited, man. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it gives me like the one thing I really want to do is to see see the whole thing. Like I don't want to yeah. just go in for a couple hours, set up my tools, and go because it's like not that I think that anyone would dislike that from the either working side or the crowd enjoying it side. I just think that the better way to do it is like if you're gonna take yourself out of your element, take yourself all your all the way out of your element, oh, yeah. go into their kitchen or commissary, bust out some syrups, like set up with them, close down with them, and and do it all because otherwise like. Not to say it's half-assing in any other way. There's great events that you do, but this for this one, it was well, very special, much like, right? like this was very much we wanted to do it like as an uh, as an apprenticeship and like almost exchange 
program more or less yeah. not like exchange very program, like, like literally it. but like you get my you, you get my metaphor something. right make you clean yeah. something. <laughs> so um yeah that's like why that's why i wanted and i was excited when they said 4 to 12 and it also gives the main thing i was really excited about is that gives the opportunity for uh, all the dudes who are and ladies as well who are out working and maybe get off a little bit earlier they get a chance to have the opportunity to come through and yeah. have a drink maybe on their way and home i hear there's or three three cocktails that you're working on is that right there are three yeah Yes. So um, one of them is going to be the shaken cocktail, bright uh, botanist gin, uh, delicious Isla gin with a little bit of like a raspberry gum syrup, uh, fresh lemon juice. And then I've made basically like a nori foam that I'm going to be placing over okay. the top of the cocktail. And it takes like the really tart acidity, brings like this umami Salty, salt umami, and yeah. like sea flavor to it, which I think really relates to talk about Isla. Right? Yeah, the Isla, the Isla um, orientation. So I think it's a it's a great homage to that. Um, and also like seaweed is like this this cool like umami that if you introduce it the right way, it can definitely it can definitely take something in a totally different direction, sure. which I like was excited about taking a weird ingredient and like throwing yeah, it into a the phone mix. About it too. It's crazy. Yeah, I like I actually What's had to reach out to, to make the phone. I had to reach out. It's gonna be soy lectitin. lectitin. Let's, oh, let's, don't but, don't sue me for butchering the, oh, the yeah. name. But yeah, soy lectitin is like a basically gonna make um like Vitamix up Nori into yeah. uh, like a ratio of water, strain off the excess, and then do like another ratio of the soy lectithin and okay. then wand it, which like like a immersion blender. Yeah, yeah. Or I can also, I think I'm going to go out tomorrow morning and get like a really small, cheap aquarium pump so I don't oh, have to nice. stick anything in there. Yeah. And one, I'm just going to put it in the other end and it'll just constantly be bubbling up for oh, me. Yeah. And if I run out, just add more of the, the mixture and bubble that up again so, so that's for simple. your shaken and you have a stirred i have two stirreds. so one of them's like a sazerac riff like turned super on its head where i'm gonna do like a 50 50 blend of uh wild turkey 101 rye yeah. and metoxa five star um which <laughs> the, greek, I, the greek influence coming in I yeah see. and that's gonna be cool i think that like um 101 rye is big that's gonna make any drink pretty big so yeah. i cut it down with like the really cool aromatic and like um spice and like almost floralness from the metoxa is going to yeah. come through cool and that's going in with like a root beer syrup instead of uh, simple gum interesting, interesting. yeah it's okay. like root beer spices you got sassafras sarsaparilla yeah, licorice yeah. root um so on and so forth and like that gum syrup carries like lots of flavors that love whiskey and especially with like the subtle floralness well, the of the too, metoxa be, yeah. yeah it comes like the spice the spices love each other so it's going to wow. be fun and then it actually has a metoxa uzu rent so this like i'm also not surprised <laughs> crazy yeah like this crazy like you guys are flying like, the greek flag while you're working <laughs> that one i guess yeah that cocktail's got a lot of uh the greek stuff going on so yeah that um that one's called uh hires rosy cheeks to, for like the rosiness of metoxa oh, nice. Um, hire the guy who platformed like root beer like production oh, in the United yeah, States yeah. so it's a fun little pun and we actually did a, a hires root beer cocktail variation way back when I first started at Maven so that definitely is the inspiration for this this weird one but and then one more stirred you said? the last one's like a Manhattan take it's got the um, Brook Lottie's pork Port Charlotte oh cool um, heavily peated so it's got ton tons of peat to it and then it has the Cointreau chamomile and uh, a little bit of Nochino, orange bitters oh, stirred. Uh, just like a simple, really like lighter uh, Manhattan take. That's going to be really nice. Yeah. A little more textured too, especially with that Nochino. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, like at first I've, I've done variations with it with other other whiskeys and other um, other liqueurs or cordials to kind of um, balance out the, the Nochino and scotch. But with the chamomile, I definitely had to change it all up. And the Nochino, it, like, it started getting way, way far away from the way I'm used to making variations or that cocktail that I'm kind of familiar yeah. with. So I... 
I tweaked it a bunch and made it made it out for this this event that I'm really like pleased with it. Nathan Burdett actually helped me with it. Bless oh, cool. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> so you're here. So when are you taking off? When are you I'm um, actually leaving Friday afternoon. So I'll be leaving later in the day Friday. I think the flight is at like five o'clock. So I'll have a good amount the day after to potentially recover from afterwards of a guest if Jeff shift. Foley's working, you're going to have to be recovering. Mm-hmm. Put that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> if you uh, see a dude with an awesome mustache besides Justin, yeah. it looks like he's been some places. <laughs> just that's your nights. You're in for it. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Noted. So yeah, like that, that'll be cool. And plus like, we'll give us time to like, we, it's not like I'm losing a day, but you don't yeah. want to use your last day in Austin as like a working thing. Wake yeah. up and leave. You kind of would feel remitted if you had that happen so i want i want my girlfriend to have a really fun last day we're gonna what like, it, and like what it. are some of the things that are on the list like these quintessential maybe austin landmarks um well she's never been so i've done oh, cool. a handful of them before like i love going down to barton springs like my friends show me to like look make sure there's no cops around and yeah. jump off the bridges into the river and like it's oh, yeah. i love love like that end of this town so i definitely want to get her onto like a kayak maybe and like go out onto the river and mm. do like ladybird lake maybe um but also, like she's never seen the um, the oh, I'm not sure what the actual name of it now is, but the open graffiti market on the west side or the oh, yeah, mo- open yeah. graffiti yeah, gallery yeah. on the west oh, side. On Street, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's never seen that. Um, my That's parents cool. really like it too, and they're in town, so I'm going to take them by to to check it out because they're like, oh, I bet all the political stuff is freaking <laughs> rampant on that thing. So I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I remember it being kind of like more uh, secular. I don't know that there was. Now this could have changed because it's a little over there, but yeah. Well, when I first went there, it was a massive. The whole thing was a Shepherd Ferry Obey thing. So oh, wow. I mean, I I don't know. It could go Maybe. both ways, and since it's an open gallery, it could change more than I'm used yeah. to seeing because I'm only here once a year. So, um, but yeah, I think I don't know. That's that's on the list. Um, I what else? I mean, shoot, she's never she's never done a lot of the stuff. So I want to go to Spider House Cafe. I want to oh, go to like yeah, my usual Spider spots, House. man. Like I just like I really love this town for the eating and drinking and she likes to to be tagging along for those things. So the experience are the experiences that she needs are going to be the experiences that I like love to relive that already. Fill so. your cup of yes. spiritual oh, enlightenment. Gosh, I can't wait for my iced Irish coffee at at <laughs> Spider House. Oh. It's, I mean, a lot of memories at Spider House. Yeah, it's a great space. Now. My mom loves the space too. I like. I sent her a picture the first time I ever came to Austin. I was like, look at this. Like, look at this antique yard of seating. Like, does this oh, not look like something that you would put together yourself? And she's like take me there three words <laughs> <laughs> what's well, good man i mean I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of catching up tomorrow too i'm gonna try each of the cocktails i coincidentally because i didn't know you were in town until probably just this week mm-hmm. and there was this weird typo about it we want to set it clear it's tomorrow's thursday yeah, yeah they, i actually my roommate pointed it out to me said like hey um the article reads friday and i was like oh shit okay so i got on the horn with justin and nathan they fixed it pretty quick so oh. I mean, with yeah, with and well, press I mean, people and everyone else, they knew right away. Like, oh shoot, boop, and it's fixed already. So I'm, I'm excited. So yeah, well, the confusion. Prepared, and we're all really excited. Like three cocktails. They sound. Yeah, it was gonna be sure. three and a and a and a, a boilermaker combo. We don't oh, know if nice, it's gonna nice. happen. Yeah, I was gonna do one that was gonna be called the SF Eviction Notice, and it was gonna be like a shot of one of their high-profile Scotch whiskeys, maybe oh, like Octomore or stuff. Black yeah, Art, yeah. like one ounce, and then do like a tall can of Lone Star for the eviction notice. <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna live in large it's and not then product but i i don't know it definitely created the last i wanted in the reaction and the That's suggestion perfect. alone so well, i know you're gonna get along with all those guys i'm excited a bunch of goobers yeah man especially it's fun like going in like being like all right like 
sh- like definitely don't take it easy on me like show me how it is oh, yeah. like don't do yeah not. i guess you run a risk of that too you'll be the youngest one back there oh well i mean that's not oh, at least anything recall, new to me no, that's not new to me i can yeah. definitely be the younger guy back there it'll get i'm just you know what as long as they don't give me noogies i'm good <laughs> beyond, beyond wanting to try the drinks i just want to see him give you shit that's why I'm going to sit there, just be up front and watch him give you shit. Things that I didn't anticipate. And now I'm like, all right. <laughs> or maybe this is just like a psych out, like a pseudo psych out. I'm okay with it, man. That's all, all the more fun, especially I'm, I'm going to have jitters when I get back there regardless, but it'll settle in real quick, just like anything else. So. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be fun. I'm so, so excited, especially to have it happen for the first time in a town that I love so much. It's yeah. just like, seems right. So I'm stoked. I think you're going to have a great turnout. I think that's going to be a good response. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be good. It's been a pleasure chatting. Thanks for sharing some bourbon with me or oh, giving me an excuse bourbon. to crack it's not, it. You're sharing it with me. <laughs> giving it, giving it, giving me an excuse to crack it open again yeah. besides that one time a year. So yeah, I'm we, looking forward to I might to try, try to crack it for a, a second splash if we have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I think we can. We'll we shoot the shit off the mic. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Man, DK, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me in, dude. It was really good talking with you. I was like, like really excited when you kind of pitched the idea. I was like, yeah, let's yeah. do that. Oh, I'm stoked, man. I'm so glad you're in town and like kind of making this happen after a couple of years. Thanks, man. I'm just super stoked. I'm glad this happened, too. This is uh, definitely some icing on the cake. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. And I'll put this out tomorrow. It'll be the fastest I turn around something because I want people to come check out. Yeah, cool. I'm going to blast it all over my Facebook and on the internet. Oh. So we'll try and get you guys out there, too. Well, we sound like a bunch of marketing geniuses. Let's end on that note. I think so. Hi there. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Good talking, Mike. Well, there we have it. Another great chat this time with DK, also known as Daniel Kutch from Maven in San Francisco. I really like talking about music. I'm sorry, guys. You just have to bear with me. I love talking about music, especially like talking about Converge, like talking about Refused, like talking about hairless cats, too. I don't know. There's something about it. This is the cutest cat I've ever seen. Eats a sandwich straight out of his hand late at night. I don't know. It's like the cat knows he's famous on Instagram. I'm not really sure. But the reason that we're talking here today is not only because Daniel Kutch is a a wonderful personality and an upcoming youngster, if you will, at the ripe age of 25 out of San Francisco, but it is that Daniel is in town to do a guest bartending stint at the Townsend on Congress Avenue in Austin, Texas, this Thursday, April 7th, offering three Remy Cointreau-inspired cocktails and representing what is should we call it a brain trust of education and cocktail awareness known as Collective 1806. I think these cocktails are going to be quite amazing, and I got to touch on it again, but a raspberry gum syrup, there's some nori foam, there's a root beer syrup. Hell, there's a little bit of something for everybody. Daniel will be at the Townsend tomorrow night, April 7th, this Thursday from 4 p.m. to 12 a.m. Hopefully the guys behind the bar give him a hard time and encourage him to do his best. So thanks again, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter what you're feeding your hairless cat at 2 a.m., no matter what cocktails you're drinking off the new Drink While Spring menu, please keep dancing. Keep dancing.